Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Yeah, that's a great one, Bretzi. Ready to rock, buddy. It's going to be a great one. We got some NASCAR this weekend. We got a sports coming back, buddy. I'm ready to fire it up. It's Friday. Let's rock. Well, you know, most people, when I, when when you hear, like, Whoppers, Wendy Whoppers, you know, you think of something else. But God bless your heart that you think of, uh, of hamburgers uh, <laughs> right now, especially in a time like this. So on a more serious <laughs> note, uh, guys, you hear the term often, stick to sports. And... Yeah. You know, in the real world, I, you know, I follow uh, the real world and, um, you know, I'm aware of what's going on in our surroundings uh, besides just the world of sports. Uh, But over the last 24 hours or so, it's hard just to uh, stick to sports. Sports is life. Um, Life is sports. Everything is connected. You can't say that sports don't have anything to do with it. Carl Anthony Towns right now is one of the protesters um, in, in Minneapolis. Uh, Steven Jackson was actually friends uh, with George uh, Floyd. So it's been a very, very, um, it's been a difficult uh, 24 hours uh, yet. You know, it's very similar to the coronavirus. This year is just too much. Like 2020, go home, you're drunk. We've all had enough of you. We're only halfway through this too. It's like a movie, I'm telling you guys. It's like the, there's a, one of the, you know, when the Joker, and they're like, you know, when's the craziness going to stop? And he goes, we're just getting started. He goes, you don't even know what my final act is yet, right? And you almost feel it's like a movie 2020 in which there's just like, you know, oh, God, what else is going to happen now? Like right now, guys, honestly, in India, a bunch of monkeys raided a a COVID lab and ran off with a bunch of coronavirus uh, test kit and are all hopped up on coronavirus, spreading the virus around like monkeys, (laughs) like monkeys raided a lab, like they were testing monkeys and the monkeys got upset and basically took the equipment and split with it. Uh, like the world's on fire right now. Now to put it in sports terms, number one, uh, let's scratch uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul from the NHL Hub City list. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's, the, that's the lock <laughs> of all locks. If we, I wish number, I could bet it. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to Minnesota, Ken. <laughs> no, they're not. No, Minneapolis, St. Paul, crossing, crossing off the list. Yeah, monkeys are dangerous, Gabe. I told you, I went on a trip and I fed a monkey an apple, and he sat there like kind of smiling, and then he took a leak on me. And just kind of had devious eyes, and he's hopping around. And the thing is, you don't want these monkeys with the virus because they fly on trees and they're quick. It's not going to be easy to corral a monkey. It's not like they're slow moving. They're very fast, very swift. Dude, dude I went to Costa Rica the first time. I've been there a couple of times. The first time I go to Costa Rica, um, uh, I'm outside um, in this parking lot of, like, an office building. And I'm like, man, is it beautiful here? And they're like, oh, it's great. And then the guy tells me, he goes, but be careful. There's an angry monkey in the neighborhood that escaped uh, from a wildlife reserve. He goes, he's really aggressive, and he goes, watch out. He's been, he's been seen in these uh, parts. All right, so we want to welcome uh, everybody tuning in uh, right now on all of our uh, radio affiliates. This is Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenzi. We're throwing it down. We've got a ton of stuff to get to. Um, obviously, there's some serious stuff going on in the world right now, but we're here Uh, to talk sports and give you some winners. Um, You know, obviously everything is in context that there's so much talk right now about bringing sports back. And, you know, there's so much talk about Major League Baseball players being greedy. And there was so much talk 
uh, just about the selfishness of, of athletes. And you see, Dave, you know, David Price, Los Angeles Dodgers, paying $1,000 to each minor leaguer Amazing. in the Dodgers system uh, because of uh, the pandemic uh, right now. Just, just a class act uh, right there. Colin Kaepernick has stepped up and in a couple of hours ago, said that he'll pay legal fees for any protester that gets arrested. You know, the, 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 you know, actions are louder than the words, and sometimes words are very powerful. Carson Wentz steps up and in with some powerful words on his Twitter account uh, last night. Uh, but to put it in a sports context, and we were kidding about, well, the NHL wiping off the, the hub cities, but you guys yep. might as well just fold the Minnesota Timberwolves right now because, yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot of, uh, of African-American basketball players are going to be lining up to sign as free agents in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, right now, you guys were already terrible before this. Like, fold the franchise, just fold the franchise. Um, but you know, we'll get through this. You know, at first, you know, we're, we're, we've got a virus to deal with, people. Everybody, in the words of Rodney King, who I've had on the show before, may rest in peace. Come on, people, can we all just get along uh, right now? So, you know, as a distraction for you, as a distraction for us. Let's just uh, break it down and give you some best bets. We're going to talk about uh, this one's hard to rattle off the tip of the tongue here, Ken. The uh, Supermarket Heroes 500. It's normally the Food City 500, but Supermarket Heroes, frontline workers uh, right now. So the Supermarket, and I got Ken's interest right away. Supermarket yeah, I love Supermarket Heroes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, me. Ken, yeah. yeah, you're a supermarket <laughs> hero because you keep them in business. <laughs> I sure do. And Mr. Stewart, your card hero. is very full. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah without, without me, the, uh, the zigzag factory in France would be closed. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be shut down. Uh, they'd be uh, shut down uh, as well. So, yeah, we're going to get into the NASCAR. Steve Merrill's going to join us. Joey Odessa stepping up and in. Las Vegas, UFC is back. Uh, we're talking baseball, NBA. Bring it. Game Time Decisions continues. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decision continues. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down with the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. And as I stated off the top of the program, uh, we are more stacked than Wendy Whoppers, uh, more stacked than Pamela Anderson. All right. Like uh, we've got it going on here uh, today. P. Annapolis, former assistant coach with the UMass Minutemen, uh, college basketball. Uh, he'll step up and end uh, NBA analyst as well. We'll talk NBA. And we've got an NBA return date that's flown under the radar. That's what happens when uh, when the cities are burning. People are like, what? What? NBA's coming back? So a potential July 31st NBA return date. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, yet, um, you know, uh, it's great to be live again uh, this week. And we're kicking it old school. We've been doing this show for 18 years. And, you know, all of our guests that are joining us on this program today, with the exception of Jared uh, Willis, are all guys that have been joining us for like 15 years plus. 
all old old friends in the program. You, you know, we figured if we're going to do this, let's just do it. And uh, each guy has a special um, level of um, and um, specialty, a sport and an expertise. And Steve Merrill's expertise is not only that he's the owner of Lucky Steve's, Lucky Steve Chinese restaurant that's been hit real, real hard by the pandemic. And Steve, Steve, Steve got rejected for his PPP loan, right? What's up, Steve Merrill? Yeah. Yeah. They saw Chinese on the application and it did not have a fighting chance in hell. I got a lot of 21 all day wings, Cam, if you want some. Oh, I'm in, Steve. I don't mind. I, I eat Muncie's leftovers when he goes back up to his room. I'm nibbling. Don't worry. I don't turn any food away, buddy. Yeah, and as you know, Lucky Steve's has top quality uh, food control. Number one. Food yeah, control, number exactly. one. Exactly. Yes. Passes all laws. Uh, number one Chinese restaurant in Norfolk, Virginia. It took a hard hit, guys, uh, during this pandemic. But fortunately, Lucky Steve, <laughs> Lucky Steve uh, also caps NASCAR. So, uh, Steve... Not only do we have NASCAR back, it's like, yeah, we got NASCAR back. It's like, you know, you watch a race, the race lasts like two days, uh, two and a half days, and there's another race the following day. It's NASCAR overkill right now, Merrill. Yeah, it's the first time in history that we've had like four races in less than a two-week span, and then we've had rain delays and postponements on top of that. So they've been milking it for all it's worth. And it's been pretty good racing on the track for the most part. Uh, of course, Chase Elliott finally got a win last night. In the second race at Charlotte, he had the win taken from him on Sunday by his own teammate, William Byron, who cut a tire with about three laps to go. Elliott was had an easy win otherwise. And he had a possible win taken the week before. Darlington running second when Kyle Busch clipped him. So, uh, yeah, Elliott finally got a much-deserved win. He'd won the Truck Series race two nights yeah. before. So back-to-back wins yep. for Elliott. Dude's absolutely on fire. So, sure uh, Steve, how does it change your capping of NASCAR right now without the practice and the qualifications? Yeah, for me, it changes it quite a bit. Some guys don't look at practice much. I look at it a ton. Uh, what I love about handicapping NASCAR in general is it's the only sport in which you can actually get like a preliminary view of the game itself and then handicap it afterwards. Normally, they run up to three practice sessions on Friday and Saturday. Uh, at least two of those are actually in the race trend, the actual package the car will be in when they race. So you can see who has the fastest car on single laps, 10, 20 lap times. We have none of that right now. In fact, of the first four races back, we've only had a qualify session in one of them, and that was last Sunday, and they did that three hours before the race. So we have not had a lot of data to go on. With that said, though, the second Darlington and the second Charlotte race this week, we had a ton of data to go on because we had an actual race on that track four days earlier. That's not the case here at Bristol. This Sunday, we're going in blind, so I have to rely heavily on past track history, which is something I always use at all these tracks. I just don't have the practice time to go with it, unfortunately. So, speaking of past track history, um, we've got to uh, head for the hills, uh, head for the mountains, Bush. And, Bush. you know, the Bush, the Bush brothers, it's like elections, the Bushes, uh, they were dominant for a little <laughs> while. Um, four of five. The last five times that they, NASCAR's raced on this track, Cam, a Bush brother has won four times. Kyle, three of them. Kurt, one of them. And I'll throw it to you, Merrill, and then uh, Cam will throw a couple of drivers at you. What about Kyle Busch? He hasn't won, uh, but you see, you know, he's starting to get in a little bit of a groove uh, right now. You know eventually he's going to get a win. He's the favorite right now. FanDuel's got him listed at plus 350. He's won three of the last five races here. How much stock do you put in that? Yeah, this is how crazy it's been for Kyle Busch this season. He has not led a lap yet this year in eight races. Has not led wow. a single lap, let alone not wow. winning. Yet crazy. he's still probably the most talented driver on the circuit. 
And as you said, Gabe, this has probably been his best overall track. He's great at all tracks. He wins a lot at Richmond, my home track, which is another uh, short track. But Bristol's where he's dominated. He's been uh, he's won two of the last four here. He's been top three and uh, top five and three of the four. And as you mentioned, his brother Kurt Busch for over a decade in several different cars and teams has won and done well here as well. So hard to leave Kyle Busch off the uh, card tonight. But at four to one, uh, it's a it's a risky play because he has yet to lead a lap this year, and he just keeps finding weird ways to have bad races. Last night he's running in the middle of the pack, cuts a tire, ends up finishing way back. As I mentioned on Darlington Wednesday, he's running third, and he wrecks. Chase Elliott, a real rookie move, trying to slide in in front of Harvick. And uh, I don't know what to make of Kyle Busch, but if there's ever a track he should bounce back at, it's definitely this week in Bristol. Steve, I got to ask you. Yeah, I got to ask Steve about uh, Gabe and I, Steve. It's frustrating. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, second place. We take a guy, he wins the next race. I got to tell you, like, NASCAR, we've been close. But, hey, they don't pay you to be close unless we're taking top three or five. But let's talk. I was looking at a couple pooches, and you talked about history. Clint Boyer. Placed top 10 in seven of the last nine races at Bristol. I want to know if he's on your uh, radar for a little bit of value. And Kevin Harvick, another guy with some good uh, track history, top 10 in the last 13. Any of these guys worth a shot, Steve? Maybe some matchup bets, top five. What about Boyer and Harvick? Yeah, Cam, I'm glad you brought up Boyer. He's a guy I wanted to mention. He's the only driver who's finished top 10 in all four Bristol races the past two seasons. Even Kyle Busch hasn't done that. Uh, Boyer's finished eighth or better in all four races the past two years at Bristol. Um, he's been fantastic, yet he hasn't finished better than sixth in any of those races. He's been sixth through eighth in all four, so he's definitely in contention. And he runs really well at, at Richmond, by the way. I've been at some races in person at Richmond over the years where he's been one of the top two or three cars, along with Kyle Busch. Kevin Harvick's great everywhere. This is not one of his better tracks, though. Um, overall, it's probably one of his weaker tracks. But with that said, he's always a danger to still be a top five or top ten car. I'd probably le- leave him off my win ticket this week, though. Uh, he did finish dead last in the fall last year, 39th, had a clutch problem. So that makes his average finish a little misleading. But even in the spring, he was only 13th here. So he did not have a top 10 in either race at Bristol last year in 2019. But this team overall is good. Boyer is very good here. And keep in mind, Kurt Busch, who we just referenced, he was on Stuart Haas' team up until last year, and he always runs well here. Uh, one guy to be careful with is Eric Almarola, another driver on that team. Um, Bristol is a half mile. If you make a mistake or you get down or have to do a green uh, green flag pit stop, you're going to be several laps down instantly. Alvarola always seems to have a pit row problem or speeding penalty like the other night. Um, so that makes it very difficult to trust him on a short track. We're in conversation with Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, one of the covers experts over at Covers.com, uh, talking NASCAR. Uh, something um, that uh, I came across here, guys, as far as this race is concerned. Five of the last seven races at Bristol, um, the uh, the winner has started um, from ninth uh, or back, actually. So there's yeah. something curious about that. But let me ask you, Steve, about another driver who's always in the mix. This guy is just so good, unless his daughter turns his screen off. Um, and that's Denny Hamlin. Although I could do, I could make do without that scary Denny Hamlin mask that he puts on. <laughs> but speaking of Denny Hamlin, Steve, how might what, what about him without the crew chief? Without his, you know, his his top three in the pit are gone. They're all suspended. Is he just to stay away because of that? Yeah, well, you know, that was the logic going into the race last night. He finished second. So he, he could still yeah. be a very strong car, even with two, three more races without his crew chief, chief engineer, everything. Um, you know, we talk about this game in hockey and baseball and basketball. You know, when they fire a coach midseason, often, you know, the team rebounds and gets a spark. We Good definitely saw that team last off. night. Yep. Yeah, keep in mind, by the way, the 600 on Sunday, the reason that he got his crew chief got suspended is because some tungsten 
fell off the car during the warm-up lap. So Hamlin had to pit, and he started six laps down by the time the race went green and he got on the track. So he was never in contention, but ran really strong last night. By the way, tungsten, 10 times heavier than gold, five times heavier than steel. So NASCAR was not happy that those things were bouncing around on the track in the pre-race laps. And that's Listen why they suspended this a lot of guys. Chinese store. This Gabe, he's a scientist. Tungsten, beryllium, copper, steel. Wow. wow, I never knew you were such a mineral uh, maven. I looked it up afterwards. I believe the chemical symbol is W. I don't quite know why. but yeah. They use it in golf clubs. I know that. Ping tungsten and oh, stuff. Yeah, tungsten's good good material. He did go to William and Mary. up on Breaking Bad, by the way, too, on Netflix. So it's been a good time for chemical uh, elements this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you <laughs> cooking meth in the basement now, Mary. I'll make a couple extra no, no, bucks. No, no, no. Chinese food only. Game time sense continues. <laughs> Hey everybody, Cam Stewart here with your Sports Grid News and Betting Update. You want the edge cappers, get on the grid. In a conference call with the NBA's Board of Governors on Friday, Commissioner Adam Silver informed the teams that July 31st is a target date to return to play. The NBA has been on hiatus since March 11th. Of four potential options presenting to the top-tier office of decision makers, the most popular was this. 16 respondents favored resuming the season with only the 16 playoff teams in the picture when the season was halted. Only eight wished to resume the regular season with all 30 teams, followed by the plan. Games to determine the final playoff field, a 22-team regular season with the eight seed playing in among return other proposals from the NBA as well. I'll tell you something, Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans uh, outside looking in. However, ESPN's Brian Windhorst is hearing from people in the league that the rookie phenom will participate in the postseason should the 2019-20 campaign resume. The league is going to set it up for a playoff plan to make sure Zion is involved, Windhorst said today on ESPN's show. The Pelicans, among three teams tied for ninth in the Western Conference, the NBA is still yet to decide if they're going to go straight to a playoff format or play out the remaining regular season. The New York Knicks, they reopen MSG Training Center in Terrytown, New York for voluntary workouts and Boston will allow players to return to the Red Auerbach Center starting June 1st. David Price, what a guy. He stepped up big time today. The LA Dodgers lefty will give $1,000 cash to every minor leaguer who isn't on the team's 40-man roster in June. This according to ESPN. There are over 200 players currently in the Dodgers system. Price, a 12-year vet, has yet to play a single day game for LA coming off for Boston in a mid-offseason trade. Roger Federer leads the way of Forbes list highest paid athletes for 2020. The Swiss tennis star earned top spot. He's made $106.3 million in pre-tax earnings. He won $6.3 million prize money, $100 million from various endorsements and appearance fees. Soccer stars Christian Ronaldo and Lionel Messi ranked number two and three. The FA Cup final now set to take place August 1st after the English Football Association announced Thursday the Premier League back in business June 17th. New Denver's running back Melvin Gordon believes his five seasons with the L.A. Chargers prepared him for the possibility of playing in empty stadiums. Hey, bro. We didn't have any fans anyway. I'm just going to be honest. We didn't have many Charger fans at the game. Much loyalty and love, but we didn't have many. And I'm not going to be missing anything, Gordon told the local radio show. The Chargers, the worst home NFL attendance in the league every season since they relocated to L.A. in 2017. In 2019, they averaged 31,750 fans. NCAA detailed plan to bring athletes back to campus. Schools across the country targeting football players returning on June 8th. The full slate of NCAA football action being targeted for September 3rd to 7th. Horse racing. Adal, one of the faves to win the Kentucky Derby, had to be retired following a workout at Santa Anita. The horse fractured his front leg. And Bob Baffert's other horse, Charlatan, another Derby favorite, tested positive for lycocaine this week. Charlatan is still eligible to run in qualifying races, but trainer Bob Baffert could be fine big time. I'm Cam Stewart, everybody, and that's 
catch your Sports Grid news update. Remember to follow us on the Sports Grid Network. It's the place to be for all your sports wagering fantasy needs. Now back to Gabe Morenci on GTD. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates that are tuning in right now, wherever you might be uh, joining us. Thanks to Steve Merrill uh, for stepping yeah. up. Uh, and, and time just uh, flew by uh, with Merrill. So we've still got, uh, Steve, because we've got to get uh, to some more picks, a couple of more drivers uh, to get to. You can find Steve over at prosportsinfo.com, covers.com, uh, one of the covers experts. And uh, Steve has uh, some UFC picks uh, up this weekend. We're going to get to the UFC, one of the best in the business, Joey Odessa, in our following uh, segment. So we were talking about Denny Hamlin. What's your take, uh, Steve, on uh, Denny Hamlin? Yeah, Hamlin's good on this track. He's actually won once here in the past uh, four races. You know, I'm talking about they have two races every year. Bristol, of course, the spring race, which is daytime. The night, the fall race in August is nighttime. So although I look at all four Bristol races the last two years, we do have to differentiate. The track's a lot cooler in the August race at night. So you want to see guys run well in the springtime, especially. But Hamlin has won here in the past four races, and he also has two top tens overall. Um, Gibbs racing, of course, is Kyle Busch, his teammate that we've mentioned has been the best driver at this track. I mentioned staying away from Al Marola, though, and Stuart Haas. Stay away from Truex Jr. and Gibbs this week. Truex is probably the best driver other than the Kyle Busch on the circuit. Uh, but this is one track where he has not been that great. And um, this is probably a week to leave him off your card. In fact, uh, right now, he's only 26th average finish the last four races here among all active drivers. What's your take on Alex Bowman? Me and Cam have pulled the trigger on Bowman a couple of times. and It's a little frustrating. You know, It's almost like I should just stick to the same drivers. Because it's the same track, Steve, right? So it was frustrating. <laughs> I took Denny Hamlin to win. I took Denny Hamlin to win at Darlington. He didn't. And then I didn't take him in the next race, and he won the next race. But if I liked him in the previous race, I just should have stuck with him. And I'd be plus money instead of minus money uh, right now. And how about yeah. this, Steve? You can't make this up. In the, uh, in the Xfinity the other night, you can't make this up, Steve. I don't even know how I picked these guys. I took Noah Gragson. Um, uh, Burton, Harrison Burton, and Austin, Austin uh, Sindrick. Austin Sindrick is like my last second pick. I'm like, man, 16 to 1. I, I got a feeling about Sindrick tonight. I get into a shootout, and of course, it's got to be Kyle Bush in front of me, Steve. <laughs> yep. Like, of course. Huh? And Sindrick nearly won the race at 16 to 1. And you know what? There ain't no matchups or top five guys for Xfinity. All right? I got screwed. No. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Zero. Yeah, you know what they should start doing is what they do in the Xfinity Series points now. They don't include any full-time cup drivers. So, like, Cendric would still be the top finisher as far as Xfinity Series. You know, why doesn't the sports book out there get creative and put up some odds without the cup drivers? Because Kyle Busch is always, like, minus money to win the race Um, on the truck series. They're total ringers. He and Chase Elliott go in the truck race. They finished 1-2 the other night. So, I think that'd be a great sports book idea, by the way, if anyone out there is listening um, as far as this race itself, the cup race, um, one guy I want to mention, Boy, Boyman, Bowman, I like a lot this year. In fact, I loved him at Charlotte last night. He was running second. He hits the wall for no reason and cuts a tire, and he's out of the bet. race. But he was the best yep. car in the 600, I thought, for the majority. In fact, he won the first two stages Sunday night, and he won a stage again last night, but doesn't even finish top 20. And that's the kind of thing you got to worry about at a track like Bristol, where I mentioned earlier. Any kind of little mistake puts you a couple laps down. So, I'll probably leave him off my card this week, but Bowman is a play-on driver this year on the mile and a half and two miles. He dominated California earlier this year when he won that race, led him almost every lap. Uh, another guy that I like a lot on Hendrick but can't get it done is William Byron, his teammate. 
I'd be very cautious with Byron this week. Uh, not only does he make mistakes like he did again last night, but he's been terrible at Bristol on top of it. So I think Byron is a definite play against this week. Well, you you called it, Cam. Cam, you told Cam told me the other night after the race. He yep. goes, William Byron reminds me of these golfers that's good, but never like never, always misses a putt. You called it, Cam. Yeah. Byron said he I did, good, but he always makes a mistake. It's true. What about Kozlowski, Steve? Uh, I, me and Gabe have been close with him, too. What do we do with Kozlowski this week? He's, he's on a bit of a mini heater, too. Well, he's only the third best driver at Bristol on his team, but that's still saying a lot because Pinsky is by far the best team coming in this week for Bristol. Uh, yeah. Ryan Blaney and Logano are two of my top picks to win this race. Kozlowski is like Harvick. He's always dangerous. If you look at his overall finishes at Bristol recently, they're not that impressive. Yet he still finds a way to be in contention. He's only the 14th best driver the last two years average finish at Bristol. Meanwhile, his teammate Logano was fourth best. And um, Ryan Blaney's 12th best, but had some really good runs here. In fact, Blaney's had uh, three top tens and four starts. Logano's had three as well. Kozlowski only has one top ten in his last four starts. But he's always dangerous. And we saw that in the 600 Sunday night. He was not the best car. He even admits it. And he still finds a way to win the race. Uh, so I really like Team Penske, but I like Logano and Blaney a lot this week. And I'd probably leave Kozlowski off. I think this is a good week to leave Kozlowski, Bowman, and Harvick off, off your card, even though they're probably three of the best drivers overall in the circuit right now. I'm glad you brought up uh, Penske, just because I get an opportunity to reference uh, Seinfeld, maybe the best episode. You are aware that Penske offered me a job. You're not Penske material. <laughs> You're not Penske material. <laughs> no problem Penske with you material. <laughs> yeah, he goes, you ever consider coming working for us? <laughs> and that was the episode. But of course, right? And they never finished the sentence. But of course, but of course, we're under investigation by the SEC and uh, we're barred from hiring anybody. Then it comes in, Mr. Costanza, your car's being towed. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Some great one. The the Mets, the Met remember the Mets episode too? We're not offering you because even if we offered you this job, you we would deny that we offered you the job. We're not saying that you can be the future scout. We're just saying. We're not talking. We're just talking. But you brought up uh Joey Logano actually of Pe- team Petsky here. And that's the guy, and I don't know if uh betting with your gut actually is a smart thing to do uh when it comes to NASCAR, but Joey Logano and somebody's past tracks, Steve, wasn't his top tracks. This is. He runs well here. Uh, seven, um, seven top ten finishes in the, in the last nine times uh, here. Joey Logano's in the mix. And let me throw a veteran at you here. What are we up to, 101 races right now? But you got to give him credit, man. Old Jimmy Johnson's been in the mix, Steve. He's been knocking on the door, man. He's had bad luck. He's had, like, he's had close calls. He's been right there. I'm pulling for the guy to win a race. He's a good guy. He hasn't won in like, what, 101, 102 races now or so. But he's won here not too long ago, Steve. Is Jimmy in the mix at all? Yeah, he's been top 10 in three of the last four, top 20 in all four of those the last two years on this track. Yet he has not led a single lap. So he's been competitive but not in contention to win. So he I'd needs probably leave him the off end. the win ticket this week at Bristol, but I do think he wins a race this year. He has been tremendously more competitive than the last two or three seasons combined, as you mentioned, Gabe. And it's not a fluke. Hendrick Motorsports has been the strongest team. I just referenced Byron and Bowman. They've been fast. They just find ways to mess up because they're young. Johnson's been fast every race in contention. And then, of course, the other teammate is Chase Elliott, who we just talked about. has been the best driver the last month or so since they've come back by far. I could have won the last three races alone, won last night finally. Um, one thing I want to say about Penske real quick, Ryan Blaney's led the most laps of any driver the last two years on this track. 
Joey Logano's led the second most. Keselowski, with only one top 10 in four races, has still led 198 laps in those four races. So that's how strong Penske is. And by the way, one of the guys that led the most laps coming in was Kyle Larson in the 42 car. He, of course, got dismissed during the shutdown. Matt Kenseth is now in that car. Kenseth has been very strong during his career at Bristol. And his teammate, lo and behold, in the one car this season is Kurt Busch. Uh, so it'd be very interesting to see how those two cars run, especially the 42. Kenseth finished 10th in the Darlington race in his comeback, but he's been very poor the last three races, basically outside the top 20. So we'll see how he does this week. Steve Merrill with us. Uh, well, Steve, uh, we get word uh, potentially kind of flew out of the radar with everything that's going on um, in, in the world uh, right now. Uh, but there's a report that the NBA uh, could be returning on July 31st. That's the target date. Uh, they're trying to figure out their playoff format, but it seems like they are trying to manipulate it so they get Zion Williamson uh, in. Yep. And it also seems like they're probably going to go into 1 through 16, so they try to manipulate it and get the Clippers versus the Lakers uh, in the finals. So uh, we've got to wait. Baseball, I don't think baseball is playing, Steve. I, I, baseball is going nowhere fast, in my opinion. Your Washington Capitals, I think, will be playing hockey probably around July 31st or August uh, as well uh, with the NBA. But I know you're a big Nathan's guy. Uh, the old hot dog contest up in the air right now, Steve. I don't know. Can you really put a bunch of people on a beach cramming hot dogs together right now? <laughs> that 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 is the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I game. I gotta tell you though, I think we could do it. Social distancing. You don't need fans. I don't you know. just get. I could. Hey, hey, I'd watch a hot dog competition without fans. I'd like to enter one, but my doctor told me I can't go on the regurgitation tours anymore. Ever since my chicken wing episode at six o'clock in the morning, it's not a good scenario. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I've, I've seen that Joey Chestnut's continuing <laughs> training, though. Uh, Steve, Joey Chestnut's <laughs> continuing training uh, as it's on. I don't know where it is. They might have to go virtual. You can't put all those people together, right? And especially in that area, you can't put all those people together. And you know, Steve and I always have fun capping the uh, the hot dog contest every year. Even that's in doubt. You can go virtual. You can have cameras on, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can. You yeah. can. You can't really cheat. I don't know, Steve. It just won't be summer, right? We can live without NBA till July thirty first. But come on, we need uh, we need the Nathan's hot dog contest, Merrill. Yeah, and it's funny because I've seen odds up all year, and I always track these things, you know, and I keep track of them. I save them, <laughs> and um, during the shutdown, I'm always looking for odds because there was nothing to do, and they've had hot dog hubs up consistently all year long. They never took yeah, them down. <laughs> And about two months ago, you know, the NBA and baseball aren't going to be playing by July 4th. I'm thinking there's no way they have this. But then it occurred to me a few weeks ago, you definitely don't need a crowd for this. Um, I would assume they'll do it in person with all the competitors. They'll just test them. You definitely won't be wearing a mask as you eat. That would be interesting. But (laughs) I guess you could do it virtually, Dave. Joey Chestnut, they got to get tested. That's right. So you're right. They can put them up on the table sort of 10 feet apart, right? Film it. Just spread them out there. Just spread them out yeah. more. It actually, not a problem at all now that I think about it. But yeah, they got odds. 72 is the over-under, by the way. 72 hot dogs and buns. Ooh. All right, Steve. I'm going to give you a hot hot seat question in like 20 seconds, 15 seconds. You literally got uh, Trump's minus 125 right now. Biden plus 120. I take the other. Give me the other at 50 to 1. <laughs> yeah, bump it up the, the, the vice president odds, Kamala Harris, has been about 40%. Klobuchar Steve from Minnesota is the second favorite. Her odds got cut in half yesterday because she was at a prosecutor in Minnesota back in the day.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. to have games so july 31st a potential return for the nba and uh bring it on baby uh bring it on they're trying to figure out their playoff format still we'll get into that a little bit later with pete yannapolis uh, we'll talk the hopeless uh, baseball situation uh that's going on right now with jared willis of uh, forbes.com uh, we've got joey odessa ready to step up and in into the octagon uh ufc returns guys and uh, ufc in las ufc's in las vegas uh, of course, they were in Jacksonville, Florida. The, 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 the judging was suspect, like, like everything in the state of Florida, uh, including Joey Odessa, who joins us from the state of Florida, uh, actually. <laughs> but they're back to Vegas. Let's bring in our main man, Joey Bagels. Joey Odessa steps up. And hey. What's up, Joey? What's up, guys? Suspect, huh? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suspect number one. <laughs> <laughs> in Florida. Stay inside. It's crazy out there, Odessa. Uh, right now. You. So let, let's get down to business, uh, Joey. You got Tyron Woodley um, uh, taking on Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns has been on quite a roll. He's won, what, five fights in a row. Woodley's 38 years old, yet the number, you know, Tyron Woodley's a big favorite here at minus 184. And you've seen us, so you tell us, Joey, you're the odds maker and you've been around. It seems like the, the sports betting public are betting on the favorites, aren't they? for these main events. And the three main events that we've seen, they've all been similarly priced, 184, 187, minus 210, et cetera. And he, the underdog has won all three fights. What do you make of the, the number, and what do you make of uh, Woodley versus Burns? Well, they bet Burns after the weigh-in for whatever reason. It's down to, like, I don't know, about 155, 160 again. I expect it to go down uh, more. You know, once people start talking about those trends and stuff, you know, you know how they get. It's contagious. Yeah, so I'm seeing 172 at FanDuel uh, right now that it's fallen to. Listen, they want to run Tyron Woodley out of the UFC. And um, I think that that's one of the reasons why I like him, actually. Uh, the <laughs> fact that he's fighting for his career. He's fighting. He's motivated by knowing that Dana White hates him. And Dana White would like nothing more than to see him lose. And Gilbert Burns is getting all this hype and, ooh, Burns this and Burns that. Listen, Woodley sucked, guys, against Usman. He did. He rolled over. He didn't try. He didn't seem to care. He was lethargic. There was nothing there. I'm willing to bet. I'm going to put my money down. I'm taking Woodley. Listen, I'm not in love with lane minus 172. Uh, but I do believe that Woodley is motivated. I think he's a better all-around fighter than Gilbert Burns, Joey. Who do you like in the fight? I think Tyrone Woodley wins this fight. You know, it's not something I'm running out the bet because he did get smoked by Usman. But, I mean, think about this fight, you know, four or five years ago, Woodley and Burns. I mean, you know, you'd have Bird, uh, Woodley rather probably minus 300, minus 350. Um, you know, Burns has had quite the resurgence here. I don't think Burns will be able to take him down. Uh, a couple of other fights. 
uh, on this uh, card that I like. You know, the Sakai fight against uh, Ivanov is interesting. And I just like the fact that everybody seems to like Ivanov in this fight. I'm going to go with Sakai. I'm going to go with a guy who's four years younger, who's uh, four inches taller, and is, um, you know, 5-0 and oh in his last uh, five fights, 3-0 and oh in the UFC, 4-0 oh if you want to include the, the Dana White Contender Series as well. But what's your feeling, Joey? Are people liking Ivanov? A lot of the previews that we read, oh, Ivanov, Ivanov, he's tough and stuff. I think the Brazilian's going to win this fight. I do, too. Um, I originally liked Ivanov in this fight. There's a lot of real public sides on this card, and Ivanov's one of them. I saw, like, 86% of the money on Ivanov earlier. Yeah, well, I like going against uh, the public. What are you looking at, Cam? Yeah, I was going to ask uh, Joey about a couple of things here. Get, I'm just, I was looking for a dog there, Joey. What about uh, Smolka versus Kenny? Uh, Kenny's a big, big time favorite there. Smolka, last three fights, you know, he's finished inside the distances. Is, is there any juicy pooch? I like, <clears throat> Joey, I like my dogs. Uh, you hit a couple of these things, we could pad the account. Is there any uh, big underdog on the car that's kind of uh, caught your attention? Uh, maybe that Roy Val kid, the kid that's fighting Tim Elliott. He's not a big underdog, but he's like plus $1.50. Um, you know, not a lot of people are giving that kid a chance. I think he might sub Elliot. Kid's pretty good. Uh, he's good off his back. Other than that, I'm looking here. Uh, you know, this. I, I'm not going to fall into this trap. I mean, I can't possibly think that this Brock Weaver is alive. Tough SOB, man. Tough, tough kid, but came in overweight today. And, uh, you know, I mean, Roosevelt Roberts is no world beater. I mean, he don't belong minus 400 against anybody. Against Brock Weaver, he's probably overpriced, but, you know, the value guys will say the value's in Brock Weaver. Um, there's a good amount of money on this girl fighting uh, Shevchenko's sister. Fighting his sister there. That, uh, yeah, Chukaki, and I saw like 88% of the money was bet on her. She was a dog that they're pounded. You know, they're pounded pretty good, and I can't get on board because I wasn't on board with them last time. I'm not going to uh, miss the wedding and show up for the funeral. That's that Spike Carlisle. Can't do it. Oh, public side. <laughs> oh my God. Gabe's <laughs> guy, really? Joey. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, the crazy ginger. It's because he, yeah, he the works with me, I guess. Ginger. <laughs> the Alpha the ginger. Alpha ginger. <laughs> but I just, I, man, I don't mean to, to rain on the parade. I mean, I hope you're right. I'm not betting it. I was going to bet Spike, and I just can't do it. I saw so much dead money on this kid. I just, <laughs> not, not going to show up to the funeral, Gabe. I can't do it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing up to the funeral. I'm dressed in black. And Cam, That's all right. I mean, I've been to a few before. Cam. He's the alpha uh, ginger. Oh, he looked great today. Nice and ripped. You see his hair yeah. was flowing. He had the hair, red hair was flowing today. Yeah. Like you said, Joe, are people buying in because of the way he looks and He's just got a great name, too. Spike Carlisle. Come on, Joey. Great <laughs> handle. And he crushed I mean, he crushed that crew. Was it Cruz that he crushed? Elon Cruz, is that who he fought? Yeah, I mean, he destroyed him. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, he's, he's suffocating. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, he's going to blitz him. I don't know. I, th I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I can't bet Spike here. I mean, if I miss it, I miss it. But I think that, you know, the time to bet Spike is when he's up there, you know, when he's a reasonable-sized dog. Like I said, I missed the wedding last time he fought. Um, oh, that's the you brought best. Up, uh, the best. You brought Probably up Cam's laughing. This is great, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd be very disappointed, Cam. You don't pull the trigger. Come on, I will. Come on. Yeah, yeah, don't let look, don't let me talk you out of a winner. I'm not betting the fight. I'm just not betting Spike Carlisle. 
Can't do well, it. Gabe's just been pimping them all week, uh, Joey. You know, we're here at the studio, and he's like, hey, how do you not bet on the Alpha Ginger? You well, know? That's where that money's going. Everybody's yeah, listening to I'm a big, I'm a big dead fish. I'm a big melon. Yeah. I'm a big lemon. <laughs> yeah, they call me. I'm used to call us lemons, Joey. <laughs> that's what I should start. I'm going to start a handicapping service, a website. Uh, what, biglemon.com. <laughs> dead Money Inc. Yes, dead yes. Money.com. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, you know, I mean, that money can win. No, you know, the square money doesn't have to be wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, true. I, yeah. I was, I was gonna say that. Uh, sometimes the. Uh, but I'd rather be on this, uh, the other side of that. Slide. You know. <laughs> There's actually some good nicknames on this card. <laughs> He's, um, He's making me laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so Brandon Roy Val, the old red dog. Um, so Brandon Roy Roy Val. Comes in kind of a you know one of those MMA hipster fighters, right, Joey? People have been talking about this guy. How come he's not in the UFC? Listen, he lost uh, three fights ago, but Tim Elliott and I've been doing. You know, I told people I did a video for FanDuel, and in a video I said, you know, I was hosting MMA Meltdown for years on the Fight Network um, in the old days, and I used to have Tim Elliott on in the old days. He's an aging fighter. He's been around for a long time. He's one in three in his last four. He's two and four in his last six. He's getting a hungry 27-year-old right now. And I like these hungry fighters now in a time like this, guys. They're used to fighting with no fans. They're used to fighting under difficult circumstances. And I think Roy Val's a hungry fighter here, Joey. I'm on him, but I get he's getting a little bit too trendy for me right now. That's the problem. It's another sort of, yeah, dead money crew likes the dog. You know, you know, they the are. Dogs. Been, I, like, you know. I like Spike Carlisle and Roy Val. Yeah, I, I think that, Roy, you know, well, I'll take Roy Val. I mean, I bet Roy Val. I need Roy Val. But, uh, you know, I had Carlisle on my list, and, again, you know, I just couldn't do it. I think Roy Val's got to – I think Roy Val can win this fight. Elliot hasn't uh, – you know, he didn't look too good in his last fight. And, uh, you know, maybe his best performance was against uh, Johnson a while ago, and, you know, and that was a losing effort too. That happens a lot with guys. You know, they look good in a losing effort, but they still lost. Uh, you know, John Jones doesn't always look you. great in winning efforts, but – the end of the day, it's, it's a W's thing, you know. A win's a we win. I don't know. However they get it. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but uh, you, uh, Cam, asked me about Lewis Smoka, actually. Casey Kenny and Lewis Smoka. And speaking of Roy Val, that's the last time he lost. He lost uh, to, to Casey Kenny. So Kenny's kind of flying under the radar coming into this card. As far as people talking about it, he's a big favorite here, Joey. Minus 270 against Smoka. What's your take on that? The number surprises me that it's that high. Yeah, he's a little high. Uh, I, I think Kenny wins the fight, though. I mean, again, you fall into that value trap, betting that number on the dog. Uh, you know who I think can win, and, I th- and the number's been going the other way, is this, uh, uh, what's his name, Gutierrez. The opening card of the night against Morales. I think Gutierrez, Gutierrez will get there. Yeah, minus 112 against uh, Vince uh, Morales. Yeah, that's a good so, price. I, mean. I think it's going to be a fun card, guys. So what about, you mentioned Shevchenko and Shukagian. Chukagian's like minus 116 uh, right now. Just checking here, the update. I'm make after she, she uh, you know, after Chukagian uh, lost to uh, the sister there. I don't know why they made this fight. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of people, this Shevchenko's not the other Shevchenko. It's sort of like the Ferrari brothers, right? You got, you got to know which one it is. Yeah, you got the good one. and the, Well, I don't want to say the good one and the bad one. But actually, the other brother's starting to... Uh, Starting to do yeah, something. Yeah, I know. He's looking better. He's looked better than he had in the past. Developing. I the like best, this but... card. 
I like I like this card. I, I like the picks. Like I said, I feel good. I'm going to be on. I'm taking Woodley, guys. Woodley and uh, and Burns to go the distance is plus one thirty six. Woodley, four of his last five fights have gone the distance. So before we get you out of here, Joe, I think we got a minute or two left. Twenty five foot cage. How much stock are you putting in that? Did it change your handicapping? Twenty five foot octagon as opposed to the thirty foot octagon. Uh, I believe, uh, did we, uh... all right, we'll get, uh, we have, I think we might be out of time uh, with Joey. So something uh, something that we want to bring up, uh, actually, about the uh, the 25-foot cage, not a lot of room. Like, generally, they fight nope. with a 30-foot uh, octagon, and, you know, it, the question is, who is it really the advantage for? Is it an advantage? Because, look, if you're a striker, you figure, okay, it's good. Puts me in a phone booth. The other guy doesn't have much room to get away from me. I can stand and bang with the guy. But if you're a wrestler, it also puts you closer, and you're not telegraphing your shoots. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I think it's a, a good point. When and, fight, yeah. When you're yeah, fighting and a you game camp, some guys will move back like five, seven feet because then, then the yes. wrestler comes in and is predictable. He's trying to take you down. If they're only yeah. three feet away from each other, a guy like Woodley's explosive, Cam. Next thing you know, you're on your back. He's so close to you. I- you bring up a good point. And think about another thing, too, Gabe. On the cage, a lot of strikers are going to get too confident. Then they get to get slipped into some death grips and some submissions. So I think it works both ways. And you can get a little bit too cocky, buddy. You know, it, it actually, listen, logic would dictate, guys, that there's going to be quick finishes because of this. You know, and it's one of these cards. It's not a star-laden card. And whenever you get a bunch of no-name dudes, it's always that. That's the violent card. Like, I gar- I, I'm almost going to guarantee you guys right now this card's going to be off the hook. Because people look at it, they're like, I've never heard of anybody on this card. It's going to be off the hook. It's going to be one of those just, like, ultra-violent uh, fight cards. And, but, you know, like I said, Woodley, Woodley goes the distance. He's a patient fighter. You're getting plus money on that. Uh, Sakai and Ivanov, two heavyweights, they're probably going the distance as well, guys. All right, so we'll talk a little bit more UFC. A little bit uh, later on, Game Time Decisions continues. Get on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decision continues. Get on the grid. I am Gabriel Redsey throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Thanks to uh, Joey Odessa for stepping up and in. Some uh, strong stuff for the first hour of the program. Steve Merrill uh, joined us, uh, talked about uh, Joey Logano and uh, Ryan Blaney, two very live drivers uh, for Sunday's NASCAR race. And I like where he's going uh, with that. I, got, I like uh, Joey Logano as well, plus 800, but we should note uh, Kyle Busch has won three of the last five races uh, at uh, Bristol, where they actually had 156,000 people watching a football game. Uh, that, man, I didn't realize there was that many people. Crazy. Remember they put a football game 
Yep. Yeah, that's how big that racetrack is. They put the football field in the middle. You can barely see it. Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech and Tennessee. It's the board. It was the border thing. Remember? Hey, I'm stepping one foot in here. Blacksburg. They had all the other thing going on. Gabe, it was huge. And I remember. No, it was crazy. That place is absolutely monstrous. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you, Steve Merrill. The guy, he had a lot of great information there. Problem is. You can make a case for so many guys, but you got to think about the bankroll. Like, we can't be betting like six, seven guys in this thing, maybe three or four in a couple matchup bets. But I think I'm going to ride a piece of Logano with you, buddy, at eight to one. Yeah, Logano at eight. The problem with uh, with Bush, even though he has a nice the track record here, you know, it's hard. You're not getting a lot of value at plus 350. You're going to go broke no. uh, betting NASCAR uh, favorites in a plus 350 range. We talked about Logano as eight uh, to one. Blaney's been in a mix. Blaney is 16 uh, to 1 uh, right now. Chase Elliott, you can argue, is the best driver this year. Uh, when you add up all the success and the close uh, the close misses, he is, um, right now, Chase Elliott is plus 850. Uh, and uh, we'll get into our uh, UFC uh, best bets before we're done on the program. We'll rec- uh, recap what we're looking at. Man, I, I don't want to lay the juice with Woodley, even though I'm going to do it, only because, you know, we've had three UFC cards that they come back. And every main event, the numbers have been in the same range. And every main event, the underdog has won. And even though they, you know, they're not correlated with each other, they're nope. not. They're not correlated with each other. But nevertheless, game time decision continues. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.